You ready, Chris? You ready, Ben? Let's get it. Let's go. Uh, wait a minute. Did they forget us? Oh, wow. snap. What's up, Stacey? Hold and on. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Maria. Y'all ready? We ready? We're ready. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, welcome to the Follow and Lead podcast, where we are here to talk about life, our experiences, and growing from, um, you know, our boyhood or childhood to adulthood and our manhood. So we are happy to welcome, you know, a big brother of mine and mentor and friend um, for me and for many people that I know. Um, but our brother here, Kalanji Williams. Welcome. We all want a round of applause, <laughs> big bro. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, pleasure to be here. Excited to have you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm grateful. Things. Me too. Heard good things. How are you guys doing? I'm good. It's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Life is good. Got a lot going on, but yeah, I'm just feeling good, and we're and we're doing some work, some good work now. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Amen. How about you? I feel good right now. A little early, I had some heaviness trying to get on me, but right now, mm. God is good. I feel great. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to be here. That's awesome. Amen. What I'm good. I think I'm on the part of the roller coaster where you're at the highest part, and if you open your eyes, you could see the view. Mm. So if you're afraid of heights, it's a little nerve-wracking, but it's also really exciting because you mm. haven't gotten there yet. It's a thrill. Um, so I'm, I think I'm getting to the thrill part, and over. soon we'll be going down. <laughs> you're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good yeah. analogy. Yeah, so that's. Are you gonna throw your hands up? Um, I'm not one to do that. Um, I do hold on to gotcha. the bar because the nervousness tells me hold on, but I will definitely open my eyes, and once we start going down, my eyes are closed again until we're like smooth. You will know you what scream? I mean? Um, no, I give up on that. Sometimes okay. I just have to like let my. I will. <laughs> so funny story. I let myself go. Like literally, some people pass out, but I can sense myself passing out, so I just close my eyes and let whatever happens happens. Mm. That's what happened to me on the last roller coaster. I just didn't even try to fight it. Gotta lift your hands. Nope. That can't is the, do it. That is the. That's the most freeing part. Mm, for some. <laughs> I'm not a hand lifter on the roller that's coaster. That's same. He understands. I don't yeah. either. Only because I feel like I'm tall and my hands might hit something. I just oh, don't trust right. the bar that. Holds me oh, that as well. Okay. It's sometimes a little. If it's gonna fidgety. release, because it has a little slack. Little Correct. Bit. If it's gonna release, at least I'm gonna be hanging <laughs> on. And my feet's gonna be behind me up in the air, but I'll be holding on like to underdog, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a cape. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's good though. That's exciting. It's a thrill. Yeah. I feel like, like with that, like I'm at a space in life where I'm just, I don't know, in the roller coaster sense, but I'm like, I'm good. Like I have peace, like with everything going on around me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just on the ride. Yeah, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be on the ride, and I'm just, I'm just good. Mm-hmm. So, oh, like, yeah. isn't it a special day today? Today is a, is a, it's a day. I think it's, it's a special day. day. Isn't it a special day, day, Ben? Today is my, is my birthday. It's his birthday. Oh, okay. okay. It's your birthday. Officially 35 years old. Congratulations, man. Wow. Officially mid 30. I made it. Wow. (laughs) I'm still in the prime of my life. I feel great. Yes, you are. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. I feel good. 35, huh? You still look about 28 still. Yeah, I still get it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think it's the bald head. Could be. (laughs) Could be. 
you're still you you're still young you're still vibrant you know? yeah i feel good i'm yeah eating well working out i'm in good shape i see you doing your thing man yeah i'm like look at my brother man bro we fighting every <laughs> day squatting and deadlifting and man that's good bro. yeah just trying to get strong again mm-hmm. that's right you know for couple years i had a you know my major foot in- I remember, injury yeah oh. and from that point i haven't been in sh- haven't been in shape since mm. and that was that had been like f- four or five years ago oh wow yeah, something like that that's and good it's and be before back. i had that surgery it was two years from the injury what happened i had a major ankle injury i was playing um flag football and you know, I was still trying to show the young boys I could do it. Yeah, that happened. And I was doing it to them. And then I got outside of my position, <laughs> tried to play quarterback. Preaching, no. Mm-hmm. See how it goes? <laughs> I, I got outside of my position, tried to play quarterback because I was filling in, mm-hmm. waiting on the guys to come. They were late. And the rest were like, hey, listen, if you guys don't start, we're gonna, you have to forfeit. Like, we're not going to forfeit. I play quarterback. And it was like the fourth possession. You know, we had a couple of good possessions and the game was faster. I was like, oh, they're blitzing me like right away. So I have to make my decisions quicker. And so after the second play, the kid rushing me was fast. But I know I'm relatively fast and quick. So when he rushed me, I got the ball off quick. So I was like, all right, I know the next play I'm going to do. I'm going to fake this way, get him to commit, cut, and go the other direction. And the play will be wide open for me. All that worked out in my head when I planted and cut. Oh. Pop went right down. Oof. And then I got up. I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah, I tightened my uh, yeah, I tightened my cleats. I actually didn't have my cleats laced. Oh, yeah. So, so my and it was it was um turf. Mm. So my the cleats got stuck in the turf, and my body turned, but my foot. That's the bad moved. part about yeah. cleats. Goodness and I gracious. tore like four or five ligaments. Ouch. Four or five tendons. Just grateful it wasn't my Achilles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two tendons I don't, two ligaments I don't have. They're completely the ones on the outside. But the doctor said, unless I'm playing competitive sports, you don't need them. I don't really need them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm playing sports, but I won't be competitive. So Even it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, so that was a year and a half of dealing with that, like trying to rehab it. Mm-hmm. And I was still dealing with a lot of pain every day for a year and a half. Sheesh. So then they finally went to going the surgery route. Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story. I'm getting back in shape now. <laughs> That's good. At 35. Well, happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday, you. brother. You Thank you. Appreciate Amen. you guys. Amen. Appreciate the love. You know. Grateful to be here. Uh, I might have five dollars for you. Guys. Five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Five dollars on it. There you five dollars is great for uh, the dollar menu. One one gallon of gas. Mm, barely. A gallon of milk. Almost a gallon. Almost. A milk is about five dollars now. A gallon. Oh gosh. Oh Jesus. Yeah, these prices are serious. Well, the time to be alive. But we're here to talk about Kalanji Williams. Mr. Kalanji. Yeah, man. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where do I start? Your childhood. Childhood. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was born in the seventies. Uh, I was born to a great mom. At the time, she was a single mother. Uh, my mom, Shirley Satori, uh, R.I.P. I was born in the area of Jamaica Plain, mm-hmm. uh, some called Heath Street. Mm-hmm. That's where I was born, and uh, projects down there. So uh, probably half my life at that point, first ten years of my life was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, hardworking mom, 
on welfare, but she had two, three jobs. I don't know how she did that. Mm-hmm. Sent me to the store with the food stamps, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I never knew we were poor. If it weren't for the kids clowning food stamps, I would have never known that we was <laughs> yeah. we, we weren't, you know. But yeah. my mother didn't. Uh, she never let that perception hit me. We always had uh, our needs met, mm-hmm. always. Uh, that we were never in lack, um, you know. So, you know, that was early on. And, you know, probably, like I said, like around the age of 10, whatever I was in. Uh, she put me in private school, actually, too. Um, mm. Like, she paid tuition. Wow. Like, she'd send me to school with, like, a knot, but it'd just be ones. Because bingo night was good. <laughs> so, she'd send me with a knot of ones. I, I, I guess it'd be, like, $200 in ones. I paid the tuition every month. And uh, she put me in private school. You know, wow. even though we was in projects, even though we was on welfare, she mm. broke her neck to put me in private school. And I did that for eight years. It was great school, on the road, the whole nine, you know. Mm. And um, that was the beginning. Um, right after I graduated middle, sc- uh, middle school from the same school, first to eighth grade, now it was high school time. So now it's time to take exams and things like that because the kind of schools you go to from this private school, which it was called Blessed Sacrament at the time, you go to the next parochial school or the next private high school, mm-hmm. cathedral, Catholic memorial, um, uh, Holy Cross, it mm-hmm. was just a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And they were like elite, but the top of the line was uh, Don Bosco or um, Catholic memorial, mm-hmm. and cathedral was there too at the time. And so um, I took the exams and um, I, I actually passed to go to Catholic Memorial, which was like not many people would think, accept you in that school. It was a high school, but mm-hmm. you actually have to take an exam to, to get, get it in. Mm-hmm. accepted. And I did get accepted. Uh, and at that time, we moved from History Projects over to Grove Hall area in Dorchester. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was engaged to a, a gentleman who became my stepdad later. And um, at that time, because we moved districts, now she gave me a choice. She said, well, you can go to Catholic Memorial, and I think it had tuition as well and all of that, or she said, you can choose a school in this area. And I learned that all my friends in the area were going to this school, Dorchester High. Mm -hmm. Sign me up. I want to go where my people's at. (laughs) Take me. And my mom, I guess, having to struggle to put me through the first eight years was just like, you know what? Let me just, because it was probably heavy. So she was Mm -hmm. like, you know, and uh, so she allowed me to go there, but she couldn't see the future, (laughs) what was coming Mm -hmm. uh, with me going to that school. Uh, I didn't either. All I knew was all my peoples were there, so that's why I wanted to go. You know, because the other school had a bunch of people that didn't look like me, Mm -hmm. and it was quite a distance um, so I wanted to just be around familiar at the time. And so that's what, you know, she allowed me to do. And, um, that's when the transition started mm. as far as me, uh, good boy going bad, mm-hmm. as, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went to school and was getting good grades, but I was like kind of too smart for own good. So I was getting good grades, but skipping classes at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, making up stuff. Um, 
on a whim and just passing everything, mm-hmm. you know, to the point my teachers would like get mad at me. Like, you know, you're never here. How are you even passing this class? Or how are you doing this? Or how are you doing that? You know, but I just got a taste of the street life kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it was intriguing to me because I didn't really have any male figures to look up to. I had a few uncles and, you know, as it, as it would be, they were either involved in the penitentiary, heavy in drug abuse, or something they're just not, you know, something that's not beneficial for a young young man like myself. So I didn't, I didn't really have anyone to look up to. Um, so I looked up to some of the OGs on the block, mm-hmm. you know, like I saw them, they had power, they had authority, they had money, they had, um, they had presence, you know, for some reason that was attractive to me. Mm-hmm. And I sort of just started to merge <coughs> into that lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. You said for some reason, I think for young men in their growth, as I watched my little brother grow up as well, I think wanting that is kind of natural in manhood to like want presence it is it just depends on in power and i think it it just depends on like how it's shown and the healthy way to actually do that Mm. and when it's unhealthy then you have the decisions that come afterwards that's right and that's why it's always that's one of the biggest things that you do for young men if you're a man in a family or you're close to a family that has some young men help feed them vision Mm-hmm. Because I I had vision, but I didn't know what it really looked like. And then when I met these men who had power and presence, I called them men because at the time I was probably like 13, but they were all like 16, 17, 18. Mm, okay. But they had the presence. And I believe that God wired us a certain way where men are supposed to be in leadership roles. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he gave us dominion. Dominion isn't over each other. It's dominion over dominions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you understand mm-hmm. people think they have supposed to have dominion over people no god didn't give us dominion over people he gave us dominion over the earth mm-hmm. so just that display of power and dominion is attractive because that's how god wired us mm-hmm. and we are we are designed for battle we are designed for war we are designed to protect we are designed to do all these things and but we in our culture it ends up being twisted mm-hmm. if you know what i mean you know, if you go back to the Bible, how the enemy, the devil, used scripture and he just twisted it just, just a little bit, little bit right. so that it sounded like what God said, but it wasn't what he said. Mm-hmm. So this is how sometimes the street can take certain things and they twist it just a little bit just to get you misaligned, just the slightest bit. And, a, and, a, and just a, a certain degree of, of direction change can at the end, you'll be way off mm-hmm. when you're supposed to be this direction, you know. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely very attractive. To young men and this is why certain things like the nation they mm-hmm. they per, they portray uh, the strong righteous black man because mm-hmm. it's attractive mm-hmm. and it sells and and you know and it, it, it that's what we want to be we want right. to be mm-hmm. strong because for so many years we've been downtrodden we've been right. treated right. like we were beneath below mm-hmm. so when somebody comes in like you strong black man you stand up you got authority and that boost they you. give us directly yeah. what a lot of young men are looking for it and they snatch it up and we don't do that enough i think in our families you know with our little cousins and our little nephews and mm-hmm. you know you just as be, men yeah as yeah. men you'd yeah. be surprised at the little bit of vision and encouragement you can give them 
can make them to can take them a, a, a you know a great distance you mm. know i'd look at it like when i see like my little like two stories my nephews the little one he's turning four and so it, he's like all about his muscles right doing push-ups and four. showing you his muscles sounds like four? my son yeah he's he, <laughs> no that's he's like gotta my son. be like four yeah he's about four turning five i think so he's like you know trying to do his push-ups he's doing his one arm and then my my mom boosts him up mm-hmm. like mm, show you your muscles Ooh, and he's showing how strong he is right <laughs> yeah so now he's got to show it to me and just by that you reaffirm or showing that love or i don't know whatever right encouragement building his self-esteem building well. self-esteem and then my older nephew, he's 13 now, right? So now he's in that Space. age of mm-hmm. going into high school where yep. impressionable and yep. your decision making is actually oh. going to start showing consequences, right? And yes. which path you start choosing based on your decisions, mm-hmm. who you're around, what you're doing. And, you know, I've always kind of spent time with them and I don't really get on them, but we talk about stuff, you know? I talked to him about his decisions and why he should and shouldn't. You know, like my mom, my sister might call me, oh, you need to, he's doing this. So he's I'm like, all right, I'll talk to him. But I'm not going to be, you know, like the OGs back in the day. Wait till your father get home. Yeah. You're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. No, like he's, it's like our job isn't to make decisions for you. Our job is to, like you did with me, help you make decisions for you, help you make better mm-hmm. decisions for you. And you have to see yeah. along the way that some of your decisions actually don't produce good results for you. Yeah. And you got to see what it's done for other people. So this is kind of like where I'm at with him and just spending time. And so he, I can tell that he's like, oh, uncle, I want to spend more time with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to hang out. Let's go to a movie. Let's do this. So and that's a good thing where right now I have to take advantage because yeah. there's a point where he's just going to start oh yeah off there's going to be thing. a point where he's going to be yeah. independent yeah. he's going to be all about his friends mm-hmm. and he's going to be too big to be like hanging with you know like yeah. Unk. yeah hanging with unk right but see all of this ties back to identity yeah identity is everything mm-hmm. a lot of times in our culture we've lost identity so we're trying to identify with something it's widespread right now even with the sisters mm-hmm. they are looking for identity so bad they want to be bosses so bad. Yeah. They want to take control so bad. And there's, mm. there's so much they're overdoing it to some extent. Mm. You know, I remember Jay-Z made a quote. He said, um, he said I came from nothing. So he said, when I came up, I overshined. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we overshine yeah. because... And you push other people down. Right. We yeah. overshine because we've been down so long. And he was talking about his jewelry and everything, though. Mm. He was saying that the, the reason why I'm overdoing it is I'm overshining because I come from a place of low self-esteem where I come from. Mm. So now... I overdo it. Mm. Anytime you come in contact with former addicts and sometimes you see them and they go above and beyond proving that they're clean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's an identity thing. Mm -hmm. You come from a bad place where maybe you were selling everything you can get your hands on. And now when you get some things, you overdo it to prove to people, look, I'm I'm doing great now. I'm I'm doing great now. And I see it. They they got the furs on and they got the the jewels and the diamonds and they pull up to the meetings in front with the car and the doors open and the music music playing (laughs) and it's all connected to identity Mm -hmm. and this is why a lot of things go left this is why a lot of people go left identity we're searching if you want to know how identity works you can easily just look into the animal kingdom Mm -hmm. and you'll see it you'll see lions coming up when the male gets a certain age he's kicked out of the pride Mm -hmm. now he has to go start his own Mm -hmm. but he's taught 
along the way until he gets to an adolescent age and then they put him out. He's no longer longer allowed to come back into the pride. You know, so this is the type of behavior that God designed in us to understand that. This is why teenagers start bucking back at parents. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're at that age now where they're starting to feel independence Mm -hmm. and they think they know, but they don't really know. No. You know what I mean? So this is why we have to, like you said, put it in them before they get to that age. So when that age comes and they start bucking and they happen to jump out there, they have some foundation to stand on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my whole journey was identity crisis. Mm. Trying to figure out who I am. I got drive. I got ambition. But I don't know who I am, what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Nobody ever took me by the hand to show me. But this OG was like, come here, man, I'll show you. Right. You know, one of them OGs is Romero. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, come here, man, I'll show you, you know? Yeah. So he was one of them. He took me by the hand and he showed me about the block, taught me this and taught me that. And um, it wasn't the right thing. Mm. But I, I respected the leadership role of it, the mentorship of it. And it, it, believe it or not, God brought me back to it many years later and said, this is why I allowed this to happen and this to happen and this to happen because I needed that in you early. So that when you get to this stage, you're not phased by it. Mm-hmm. You're not phased by popularity. You're not phased by authority. You're not phased by having a little bit of power or maybe a little bit of success. It's not going to phase you because people get drunk from it. Mm-hmm. And it messes up leadership everywhere, mm-hmm. all over the churches. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's bad, man. But that little bit of power, they get drunk. And it happens not just in church, though. It happens in life. Everywhere. It happens right. to men. It happens to women. Women yep. get drunk when they just become something they never been and now it's like ooh, see me now what mm-hmm. i'm um i don't need you because i i got everything i need i could pay for everything i need you know brothers do the same thing so it's all connected to identity man your god-given identity is the thing we ought to seek after you know yeah. you absolutely know? i feel like a lot of it is just this false sense of ego and it's this idea that and that's what the devil wants you to do because at the end of the day the devil repeats this very things i got this oh yeah i'm here now so i got this i don't need anything i don't need anyone that's and right. god never designed us to not need something else we have to need him sister. and we need one another in community to be able to thrive the way he calls us to thrive here Absolutely. and even and it saddens me when i hear especially women say oh no i don't need that and it's like, well, no one said you ever needed it, but you have to realize you will not come up on your own. Even when you think you got that position by yourself, you needed to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody mm-hmm. to get you there. Um, and there's this idea that you have to chase all of these things for identity purposes, when at the end of the day, it's a piece of paper. Sorry. There are plenty of women who are out here getting degrees on degrees. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they're still not treated right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't right. matter, right? And I, I'm especially now I'm at an age where like a lot of things don't impress me because I'm like, no, that's not what God's really about. It's cute. Mm-hmm. And go ahead, do what you got to do, girl. Mm-hmm. But And gentlemen as well, do what you got to do. But who are you? Like when all that is taken away, who, what's left at the table? Right. And who are we, are we actually right. working with? Right. And who's really benefiting? Exactly. You? Just you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who else? Exactly. No. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Why did God create agreement? How can two walk together unless they agree? That's mm-hmm. it. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their reward. Mm-hmm. You see, all of these things are based on agreement. Togetherness, right. So if you go out and get all your degrees, you get all these things, you get all these accolades, you put your plaques on the walls, you all that, but then what? Exactly. As in the words of DMX, Shorty can't eat no books, dog. Yeah. <laughs> if you said that to That's Nas, Nas was like, oh man, reading this book. Oh, he said, yeah, man, Shorty yeah. can't eat no books, dog. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to eat those plaques. Yeah. It makes you feel good. But right. how is that impacting us? 
So often I say when people talk about what is peace, what is peace? I want peace in life. Peace is activating your God-given talent, Mm -hmm. finding a way to help people with it, Mm -hmm. and make money at the same time. And just give. Do you hear that? Yeah. That is peace. Man. Your God-given talent and gift. Find a way to make money at it and and find a way that it helps people. Mm-hmm. Those three things, that's, that's, that's your assignment in mm-hmm. life. Right. So if you're doing what you're doing, the egos, getting degrees, the money, all these accomplishments, and it's only for you to build you up, it's in vain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's in vain. But it, what I'm doing now, trying to acquire a 20-unit building right now, that's not just for me. I know that that's going to put me on a level where I can do more things for people. I can do more for my kids. I can create a legacy, a legacy center. I can do more for my church. Mm. I can give more. Mm. You know, Mm. if I just say, ah, I don't want to get too much. I just, I'm cool right here. Well, that's selfish. Exactly. That's selfish. selfish. If I'm getting all I can get, I should be getting it so I can get it for other people too. If I'm only trying to take care of me, I'm not feeling my purpose. Nope. All our purposes are aligned to help someone. Exactly. I don't care who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. It's aligned to help someone. Mm-hmm. And there is God-given grace and blessing in it right. for you to benefit. Absolutely. At the same time. Absolutely. The Bible says don't muzzle the ox. Mm. So if the ox is treading the grain and is eating along the way, how are you going to muzzle it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's making you money and it's treading the grain and it's having a little bite to eat. during. And it's it's going to benefit. Right. Do you understand? Yeah. So no matter what we're doing connected to our identity, we will eat. Yes. But the purpose ain't the thing. Yes. That's good. That's the ugh, purpose that's is it. not the thing. Yeah. That's it. And we, we, we do all that for ourselves. It's like what you're saying. I always think about it as like when we, you know, the Bible talks about fasting, right? And not doing it in a way to let everyone know that you're fasting, mm-hmm. right? Because if you do, then that's that's your glory, right? That's your reward right. is there, right? But if you do it in a way where you're not boastful, you're just doing between you and the Father, then your reward is will be much greater later. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing about our, you know, right now, our passions, our drives, our, mm-hmm. you know, if we're out here telling the world, we're on social media, we're doing this, we're mm-hmm. doing that, look what I'm doing, look at my, you know, my accomplishments and all that mm-hmm. put yep. all on linkedin and yep. letting you know to get all this reward this is your reward yep. that's your reward right that's now it. and that's mm-hmm. what that's all it. that's all you will get that's mm-hmm. it is the you know the praise accolades. from the and the accolades the from accolades. other people oh you've done people don't really care right, <laughs> right? Yeah. they don't really care yeah. i like when people hit me up and they say man that post you put that encouraged me man i was mm-hmm. going to do something mm-hmm. that's what it's about man mm-hmm. right I want to encourage you, man. Mm-hmm. Even if I put a picture of me and my son up, I want you to be encouraged about fatherhood. Right. Yeah. Or my family, I want you to be encouraged that it can work. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Not, hey, look at me. Look at this. Look at that. Now, I might show you my little handiwork because I'd be a little proud of what I just made. Like, I, you know, yeah. over COVID, I told you, I turned into this little master designer thing. I'd be creating furniture and stuff. I'd be like, I didn't do that. Did I? I did That's that. cool. Yeah. You know, but even that's still inspirational because right. I'm like, I started making furniture during COVID. Right. What the heck? Mm-hmm. You know? A yeah. gift you didn't know you had. I didn't even know I had it. I'm like, yeah. Jesus was doing this. Uh, hey, that's I dope. like this. So, so can we go back? Um just to for a little bit about you know that transition you know from i guess into high school you know with the big bros that kind of guided you down the path yeah i don't know if you want to talk specifically about it but um yeah yeah just you know i guess talk a little bit more about that period the transition in the transition yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, I'm, now then, I'm in, the reason I'm in, why I ask is because then we'll go into the other transition mm-hmm. from that to where you are. So now I'm in high school, um, living a double life. Uh, I go home, I'm the good kid, do my homework, leave the house. I'm in the streets, mm-hmm. banging, carrying, selling. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm that that nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm that kid that I can't believe him that you know people shake their head at mm-hmm. you know you out here like look at him that was me mm-hmm. along with a lot of other guys and I just felt a sense of camaraderie with the block because I didn't really have brothers and sisters mm-hmm. I didn't have mentors mm-hmm. and it was sort of this there's, there's something that's so attractive about the unity that sometimes that can be there that people from broken families gravitate to mm-hmm. so I gravitated to it and I was welcomed with open arms you know some arms weren't welcome um, but most of them were welcome arms and I accepted it I, I, I accepted being initiated into the family mm-hmm. um, so you know as much as I was brought up with good ethical background uh, my mom uh, put me in church even when she didn't go to church she sent me to church and then the school that she put me in was a Catholic school and believe it or not my first my first encounter with God was there in the Catholic church mm-hmm. in mass. Mm-hmm. We were having mass and we just fooled around all the time. Mm-hmm. We go to mass and we'd be snickering and throwing stuff and shooting the, the, the straw spitball things, <laughs> shooting those things across, you know, uh, getting scolded by the sisters or whatever. And uh, one day I went in there during the mass and I, I just felt the presence of God and I was staring up at the ceiling and all of those um, those those um, stained glass mm-hmm. because I was in one. It was one of those big parishes that had all the stained glass ones mm-hmm. with Jesus over here and Mary mm-hmm. and the angels reaching down from heaven and then the war and they all started speaking to me and I was like mm-hmm. and I had been there a hundred times but this time it was different and mm-hmm. I felt the presence of God and I prayed for real mm-hmm. and that was my first encounter with God in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what people say. God can catch you anywhere. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You can't say the spirit of God ain't there or he ain't there. He can catch you anywhere. Anywhere. So that was my first uh, encounter. So it did something to me. It was like a seed planted in me. I hadn't built a relationship with God, but it was an encounter. Mm -hmm. I began to talk to God then, even though I didn't really know what it was. Mm -hmm. I'd be out on the block, whatever, and I'd say something vulgar. And I'd be like, oh, sorry, God. Mm. Like there was a conviction. No one ever told me. To apologize to God. Like mm. it just came to me. Mm. Sorry, God. I remember I pulled out a gun on somebody. Mm. And I I tried to hurt that person. Mm. And I remember saying, oh, God, well, I'm sorry. Mm. Like, what was I doing? Mm. I'm sorry. And I felt it. Mm-hmm. I felt the conviction. But at the time I, I wasn't I, I wasn't there to fully understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. There was one instance where it was a bunch of us. Uh, coming out of a club and someone had previously got beat up by somebody from our, our crew and uh, we all walk in you know we're deep probably 25 30 deep Ooh, crazy. Yeah. walking through the neighborhood yep and we're walking along a wall like this brick wall my gosh and a sh- short two lane street on the other side car pulls up the street and, ah! everybody's like yeah what's going on what's that we look all of a sudden, dude jumps out like he was from uh, SWAT Oof. with a shotgun over the top of the roof. <gasps> boom, 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 no boom. Unloading, and, and his boy got out. We had a revolver. Just unloading. Mercy. 
everybody's falling, jumping, ducking. Mercy. And I was on the, if this is the wall, and mm. this is the crowd, mm. I was here. Mm. I was on the outskirts. And I could hear, like the whizzes. Mm. Not only did I hear whizzes, I felt the bricks from the wall like falling, wow. pieces of the bricks from the bullets hitting me on the head mm-hmm. as everybody was falling and jumping. And everybody just ran. Some people were still laying there, hit. Mm-hmm. Mercy. I wasn't touched. Wow. I wasn't touched. And I was on. I was the closest to them. Mm-hmm. I wasn't touched. Mm-hmm. I got home that night. And I was like, phew. Man, you made it out of that one. Man. God didn't get no glory. Mm-hmm. You made it out of that one. <sighs> Just like that other time you made it out. Just like when that car cut your car in half and you climbed out the other side of the car when it was bent this way. Wow. And the cop pulled up on me and said, sit down, son. You okay? Sit down. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I stood back with him like this, looking at the car like, wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought I was sitting there with me looking at me like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> wow. The whole, my whole side, if this is both, this is side door, this side of this whole door is in like this. My goodness. Wow. And I just climbed out this side and stood there with him looking at the car like, wow. Hmm. He's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Wow. I know he was shocked. Yeah, he was still looking at me like, you sure you don't want to call the ambulance? I'm like, no, I'm okay, man. I'm like, wow, I'm just, I was just like surprised. Yeah. Mm. But I can't count on my hand how many times my life was almost called to me. That was just two instances. I mean, I can go on and on, man, jumping Mm. off of roofs. I mean, but long story short, God, I made it out of all of that. Mm. Something happened to me where I ended up getting incarcerated. I was Mm. 17. Being incarcerated, 17. God had a plan. Mm-hmm. So I went in. Four years of stress, mm-hmm. loneliness, uh, despair, anger. Mm-hmm. Because I'm 17. Why am I doing five years in prison for my first offense? Wow. I didn't yeah. hurt anybody. It was just drugs. Got mm-hmm. it. Yep. They found some drugs. I didn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. I tried to in the past, but I didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been in shootouts. Mm-hmm. Thank God nobody was ever hurt or killed. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I hadn't done uh, anything for them to put me in Five there. Five years, right. So four years of anger, bitterness, uh, resentment, plotting. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I was so angry, I wanted to get out and be worse than I was. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to really <clears throat> show them. You're going to send me away at 17? You know, mm-hmm. I'm really going to show you my fourth year in. I met this um, this guy. He was an ex-Vietnam vet, ex-heroin addict. Um, in, a, in a joint, most people, they like bunk bunk beds right. or they have roommates, whatever. So it just happened to be a bunk bed. So they sent me to this new place. It was like a minimum security, but I had about a year to go. And uh, at the time, I'm 21, I think, 20, 21. So I go in there, and, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out where am I going to sleep top, bottom. You know, that's usually the new guy always gets the top. What if he was an older guy? He, he was a big guy. And he was like, well, I got back problems. He's like, hey, would you? I said, man, that's okay. I'm young. I jumped up the top, whatever. But I just thought, man, I can't stay in this room with this dude. I mean, he had giant bivocals. Um ball head um not much teeth mm. uh he was huge he was probably 300 mm. but he was tall he was like six three oh, yeah. six four Big and 
he wore shredded clothes. Mm-hmm. Like his all his shorts were cut here and they're all shredded, purposely shredded, shredded shirt. Mm. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so he would come into the room speaking out loud. Talking to, you know what I mean? There's no headphones, not knowing they didn't have earpods back then. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. So I'm like, yo, this dude's crazy. I gotta get out of this room. <laughs> so I'm already talking to the housing, trying to get him to move me or whatever. Mm. So the next time he comes in the room, he's like, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. I says, dude. So I just say, you know what? Hey man. I heard you say thank you, Holy Spirit. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? why are you talking like that out loud to the Holy Spirit? He's like, he's man, the Holy Spirit's a person. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, man, you didn't know that? And so he said a few words, and and then he went back to his Bible. He's always in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I got a little knowledge about what I think God is. And I had experience, but I'm far from where I was before. So mm-hmm. I just happened to, for jokes and giggles, hey, man, I heard it says this in the Bible. This dude was like, oh, and he sad. wouldn't say nothing. He just handed it to me. I'd be like, okay. He'd be like, right there. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Man, I heard this and that, though. What about this and that? He'd be like, shh. I was like, oh, Okay. Wow. And then I'm trying to remember the last question I had for him. It was something about slavery. Mm-hmm. Because he said the black man is like the new Jew. Mm-hmm. He said the slavery years are similar. The the um what do you call it when you're the genocide mm-hmm. and all of that was similar. And he's like, We're the, the chosen frames, yeah. He's like, We're the chosen people of God as well. So I was like, Where say that at? And he and he handed me the book and he walked away. Three hours later, he came back and I was still reading the Bible. Mm. Mm-hmm. Three hours later. And where I was, it was kind of minimum security. So our doors weren't locked. Mm-hmm. We can kind of walk out in the facility, you know, whatever, come back in. And he came back in and I was knee deep. I was in it. I was like, oh, and I was reading and I was captivated. Mm. And I looked up and he was like, and he just didn't say nothing to me. No. He knew I was in there. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, man, this this says... And he was like, yeah, man, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he walked away smiling. He knew what he was doing, man. Yeah, just left you. He just let God do what he does. Right. And long story short, within a few days, I gave my life to the Lord Amen. because of him. Amen. He mentored me. This dude was so powerful, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really haven't met nobody like this dude. He was so humble, mm-hmm. but powerful. Shout out to Rob McPhail. Amen. I don't know if he's still living. Hopefully he is. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Stranger. Mm-hmm. Stranger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he that dude was a powerful dude, man. And he just taught me how to be humble. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to trust the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to speak to God out loud. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you might not want to do that all the time. Man. You know what I mean? Like, Because I thought you was bat right. crazy, bro. <laughs> but, you know, he was who he is. So in this piece of identity, this yeah. concept of identity, he had it. He didn't care what people thought of him. Right. He was a wealth of knowledge walking around in a ripped t-shirt and jeans and people thought he was nuts. But he was talking to guards and COs and um, 
the warden, and mm. they all he had all their ear. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter what he looked like or what you perceived him to be when he spoke. You paid attention. They paid attention. He had all of them. Mm-hmm. And and they would just they would sit at his table and eat with him. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this dude was powerful, man. And that transition, I had a year mm-hmm. for God to build me up, get rid of all that nonsense that I had, the bitterness, the anger, all of that stuff that I was building up. God flushed it out within that year. I was like teaching Bible study. Uh, I was uh, leading a choir. Um, I mean, it's just some some amazing. I, I, I mean, we I seen people get healed. We prayed for people mm. with epilepsy, and they got healed. Um, one dude got sent to the. Uh, what did he get? What happened to him? He got sent in emergency. Mm. What happened? To, I can't remember. Was something crazy happened to him, man? And we prayed for him, man. And he was back like within an hour, and it was like a miracle, man. I, I even had a Jehovah Witness dude was like ready to convert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing, man. But that was the transition piece. Mm-hmm. So I had a year. God knew I needed one year to prepare before I came home so that when I came out, it wasn't mm-hmm. a prison thing. Because mm-hmm. you know? a lot of times it is a prison thing. Let's keep it real. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of dudes come out. Sounds real good. And then right but they never in. were rooted. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like that seed that it says fell on rocky ground and the sun scorched it. Or the right. birds came and scooped them up before right. they took root. Right, right, right. But God allowed me to take root. Amen. that shaped my identity mm. kind of to the beginning of where I am now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I was just, I was trying to lay hands on everybody, man. I was like, I was tripping. I was on fire. I was on fire, man. And I was on my thing. Mm-hmm. You understand? I wasn't trying to conform. He had really created a relationship with me where I didn't try to fit in anybody's box. Mm-hmm. I didn't try to look like a, 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 a believer or I wasn't trying to act like a believer. I was a believer. You know, I couldn't recite scriptures. I knew scriptures in me. Yeah. It's a difference. A lot of people can s- recite scriptures and this and that, but they haven't digested them That's to where it. they're walking those, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. More? Amen. Amen for <laughs> that influence. Yeah. No, that's, I think, first of all, amen for all of that. Um, I think people need to know that those are real stories. I think it's easy to see it online and be like, mm-hmm. that's just them. But these are real stories. People are literally, I mean, God will meet you anywhere. That's his grace. Yes. Like he will, in his mercy, mm-hmm. no matter where you are, he will find you. Yeah. Pay attention. That one thing that you think, oh, that's weird. No, it's not weird. It's just God. And I didn't deserve it. Man, we never do. We it. never do. Because the amount of times we ignore him. Yep. The amount of times he said, nah, whatever. Or we say, no, we don't need it. And God's like, I'll just try again. Because mm. he's a gentleman. He's a perfect gentleman. He will never barge in. He will knock. Yep. And just wait. And keep knocking until you open. Absolutely. So I think it's amazing that, you know, your roommate was so willing to just listen. Um, that type of influence is amazing. Do you think, what were other influences you, you may have had before or even after that? <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Um <laughs> outside of him as well because you did say you didn't really have mentors even before you went to jail um and i know you had your mom and your mom was really powerful in the schooling and stuff like that so that's influence in itself but what else what other influences did you have afterwards after that um well i came home at the age of 22 Mm. strong 22 and immediately i joined the church and i'm on fire i'm hungry I'm chasing God with all my youth. I'm at him. People are getting saved, converted. I mean, I'm 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 trying to convert dogs. <laughs> I mean, 
and it's happening mm -hmm. and I'm not even trying to force it. It's like whatever I'm doing, it's just causing things to happen. People's lives, are people still come to today saying, man, you don't know what you did to me. I'm like, when? They'd be like, 20 years ago when you did this and you tapped on my shoulder back in church and I turned around because I was crying and you told me this. I'm like, what? I did? I don't even remember yep. half of that stuff. That's good. But it affected them for life. Mm. So you see, sometimes the smallest seed that God puts in us can just change a life if you're willing to be who God called you to be. be that Don't try to be T.D. Jakes. Don't try to be all these other people. Yeah. Don't try to be your pastor. The essence of you and what he called you out of is the same essence he needs in his house. Come on now. Don't try to be what you're not. If hmm. you can flow in who you are, man, crazy things happen, bro. Right. That's why you see Ramal the way he is. That's why you see me. Ramal's off the hook. Off the hook but that's but just how God called awesome. him to be because he brings <laughs> something to the table that nobody will. Right. You understand? He's willing to be criticized because that's who God called him to be. Mm -hmm. He was a hellraiser on the street. God said, okay, I need you to come into church and be a hellraiser. Right. Yeah. I need you to come ruffle feathers that nobody Thank else will ruffle. Yeah. yeah, I need you to challenge your pastor because nobody else will. Yeah. And that's, who don't get started on that. Do you that's understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And Absolutely. there are some pastors who can't receive that, but our pastor is humble enough to be like, yeah, man, thank you, I needed that. Yeah. Do you understand? All pastors should be that way. Absolutely. But this is all identity-based. Yes. Yeah. So me coming home, getting into a church, and I, I know people don't talk about it a lot, but there's, there's, there's faith there's like there's like different kinds of faith thank you for listening to the follow and lead podcast you can reach us on social media at the email is followed in lead inc at gmail.com instagram followed in lead podcast and our twitter is followed in lead p until next time take it easy word